Welcome to Journey Through Classical Piano. I'm your host, classical pianist Jiung Kim. Every other Wednesday, I feature in-depth exploration of one classical piano composition. Regardless whether or not you're a lifelong lover of classical music, this podcast is meant to show you how important and relevant classical music is to today's world and to bring the live piano concert experience right to your living room. I believe classical music is for everyone, so let's start listening together. Before we get started, I would like to thank my new sponsor of the show, Melissa Clark. She watches a lot of my YouTube videos where I post practice tips and she found that it's very helpful. Of course, she loves podcasts as well. And she says she's about to perform a Chopin Madruka, Opus 17 Number no. 4, and a virtual recital for the Chopin Society of Houston. And she's very excited about that. And I'm sending you very positive vibes to your beautiful performance coming up, Melissa. Also, she says she is planning to take my How to Memorize Music course uh, through Skillshare. By the way, if you don't know that I have these online courses, I have this link in the show notes below that you can take it for free. Uh, And she said she's hoping that that will help her memorization as well. Thank you so much, Melissa. And all of my existing Patreons, thank you for your support for this show and all of my other projects that I put out to the world. Your support also help me to know that what I create help you as well. If you'd like to support the show, please head over to patreon.com slash journey through classical piano. Your support helps me to create more music and project to spread the beauty of classical music. Also, if you like what you hear, please take a moment to give a rating or a review on an Apple podcast. Every positive review and rating is much appreciated as it helps other potential listeners find and enjoy the show. Today we are exploring a Sergei Prokofiev Piano Sonata Number no. 2 in D minor, Opus 14. He composed in 1912 when he was 21 years old. It was premiered on February 5, 1914 in Moscow by Prokofiev himself performing. He dedicated the work to his friend and fellow student at the St. Petersburg Conservatory, Maximilian Shumitov, who committed suicide in 1913. So Prokofiev was a Russian-Soviet composer, pianist, and conductor. He is regarded as one of the major composers of 20th century. Maybe some of his famous work are including The March from The Love for Three Oranges, about this movement of Dance of the Night uh, from the ballet Romeo and Juliet. He 
composed Peter and the Wolf, seven completed operas, seven symphonies, eight ballets, five piano concertos, two violin concertos, a cello concerto, a symphony concerto for cello and orchestra. His nine piano sonatas are similar to those of Scriabin or Beethoven that shows his development of composition uh, somewhat reflect his life throughout his lifetime. So piano number two that we're discussing today is basically a beginning of his career as a composer. Prokofiev was a prodigy composer as he wrote numerous piano pieces and two operas even before the age of 10. His mother apparently was an accomplished pianist and was his first piano teacher. Prokofiev's first competition teacher described her as a tall woman with beautiful, clever eyes who knew how to create an atmosphere of warmth and simplicity about her. So by the time Prokofiev's birth, his mother, having previously lost two daughters and had devoted her life to music during her son Prokofiev's early childhood, she spent two months a year in Moscow or St. Petersburg taking piano lessons. And he was very inspired by hearing his mother practicing the piano in the evenings, mostly works by Chopin and Beethoven. And he wrote his first piano composition at the age of five. It's called as Indian Gallop, which was written down by his mother. I can't imagine the pain and sorrow his mother must have been through uh, by losing two daughters, probably used the piano as an oasis for her life to be connected and to express and to be healed. His parents hesitated over stating their son on a musical career at a such an early age and considered maybe possibility of his attending a good high school in Moscow. So in, by 1904, his mother had decided instead on St. Petersburg, she and Prokofiev visited then capital to explore the possibility of moving there for his education. At the time, they were introduced to composer Alexander Glasnov, a professor at the St. Petersburg Conservatory who asked to see Prokofiev and his music. At the time, Prokofiev already composed two more operas and was working on his fourth opera, Undin. So this teacher was so impressed by Prokofiev and urged his mother to have her son apply for admission to the conservatory. So he passed the introductory test and enrolled that year. Basically, he was a freshman of a high school, but ended up going to a college. Several years younger than most of his class, Prokofiev was viewed as eccentric and arrogant and annoyed a number of classmates. I wonder about it, you know, how this kind of environment shaped him, how he was or who he was. <laughs> Did it really influence him positively or more negatively at the end, maybe it was like a boost up ego or uh, always a little bit intimidated by other fellow uh, classmates, always jealous or, you know, I don't know. So that was kind of interesting to learn about his life. So although Prokofiev had not originally intended to pursue career as a performing art pianist, he became convinced that performing his own piano music was a good way to further his name as a composer. 
Certainly, he was an amazing pianist. So towards this end, he began to concentrate on piano study with Anna Espova at the conservatory and graduating in 1914 with highest honor, the Rubinstein Prize. Apparently, the prize was a grand piano by playing his first piano concerto. He also had performed in the United States. As a representative of Russian modernism, he had a alternatively success and criticism always at the same time. Between 1918 and 1936, his career was based first in the United States, then in Paris. Although he returned frequently to Russia to concertize and to oversee performance of his works, he became a prominent figure on the international scene, and his work reflected a cosmopolitan point of view. So it was a source of surprise to many that Prokofiev chose to return to the Russia in 1936. This move was motivated by a personal desire to go back to his his homeland. And live among his lifelong friends. However, it meant that he had to work under the watchful eyes of communist government, as represented by the Union of Soviet Composers and the Party Central Committee. Every time he composed, he had to get official approval or denial. So he attempted to incorporate into his music that is required a simplistic, populist characteristic. The constant pressure of having to cope with、uh, official attitude, I think,、uh, complication of his personal life, and then gradually failing health、uh, after a bad fall in 1945. This made him really、uh, difficult to work as a composer in his final years. In spite of his reputation as a composer, maybe of dissonance and modern music, he maintained it. Fairly strong traditional elements in his style. The architecture of his work is clearly rooted in the past.、Um, in this nine piano sonatas, for example, always has that clear traditional structure. Rhythmically speaking, he used mostly traditional metered pulse, but once in a while he experimented with unusual meters, such as a time signature of fifteen three, in the final movement of his seventh piano sonata. He has this ability that、uh, writing driving rhythms as well as this energized dance rhythm.、Uh, this is example of piano concerto number three. As you can tell, the drive that he can create is absolutely amazing. And by the way, this piano concerto number three is such an amazing piece. If you have a chance to listen entirely, I highly recommend it. And this is really pushing a pianist ability or technically <laughs> to play this piece. So I always hear the comments from fellow pianists like, "Wow, if you want to improve your technique, learn to play piano concerto number three by Prokofiev." 
His way of using harmonies still revolved around a tonal center, although his sense of color led him to use strong dissonance at times. I know I use some terminology that may not be familiar with you, but dissonance means, let's say, noise <laughs> or wrong notes. We have to know what is right notes. So in music, there is a key uh, that is our home. And if you use some key that is not part of the main home key, that is often considered as a dissonance. That actually creates a nice drama for the musical expression. So he often used conservative uh, sounding passages in order to establish a texture with this dissonance, frequently interjected with the quick and stinging gestures. I think you would definitely hear these stinging and quick gestures uh, of today's music later when you listen to it. So today's piece, Second Piano Sonata, is a fine example of clear and balanced structure. Although it's a relatively early work, it shows his mature style as well. So its first movement has a very traditional structure of sonata form. So it has a four movements. Um, second movement is a scherzo and third movement slow and fourth movement is fast. Third movement actually shows his gift of writing a lyrical music. I also actually read his letter regarding composing melody. I have never questioned the importance of melody. I love melody and I regard it as the most important element in music. To find a melody instantly, understandable even to uneducated listener, at the same time an original one, is the most difficult task for a composer. It may also happen that a composer fussing over his melody for a long time and revisiting it unwillingly make it over-refined and complicated, and departs from simplicity. I fell into this trap too in the process of my work. So this, a second sonata, third movement is lyrical movement. It has the beautifully haunting melody over the dissonance harmony progression and complicated harmonic progression underneath, which seems to be uh, iconic for Prokofiev's music. So today I chose a second and the fourth movement of this sonata to share with you. It shows his sarcastic humor the best. The second movement, for example, is a dance. But maybe this is a dance by a soldier. Except this soldiers, for me, is like a toy soldier. <laughs> Even though we can see clearly they are simply uh, toys, uh, from our perspective, but their face expression and demeanor are very serious and dry. That kind of conflicted uh, image that I can easily uh, picture in my head while I play this 
It's combined with his signature driving energy, especially the last movement. At some point of the piece, all of the themes has presented in the past came back, but rather fragmented and out of order. It's all of a sudden it becomes a mosaic pieces. And I hope that you can uh, catch that very moment of a theme has been broken, but jumbled in with other themes that you already um, presented in the past. I hope that these movements make you smile. You know that when you hear some sarcastic humor, it's not like instantaneously you can laugh out loud kind of thing, but more of after contemplating maybe on a second, it is kind of funny and makes you chuckle a little bit. But as I said about the second movement, it is a dance, uh, but by toy soldier, it's serious, dry at times, but not heavy, like his later sonatas, like War Sonatas, number six or seven or eight. I think this will be very nice introduction for you to get to know Prokofiev's music uh, without so much of heaviness that you may hear at the later um, music. Before we get listened to this piece, I want to share a little story about it. I recorded this piece uh, at our hall at Indiana University. This is, a, by the way, live recording. So you may hear some people in the background and some coughing and things like that. So at Indiana University, as a very reputable university, They had uh, three or four different concert halls and at least seven or eight different concert pianos uh, within the campus. Each piano has its own names. I don't know if it's true for other concert halls, but every uh, university campus, it seems like each piano has um, their unique names. There were Georgina, there were George. So this particular piano that you will get to listen is by Harold. As a pianist, this Harold was one of my favorite. So Harold has such a sensitive tone um, also to the power that I would need. I'm not sure the recording would do it justice, but I remember had a so much fun having a conversation with Harold on this concert and always looking forward to having another conversation with Harold every time I could have a chance to give a concert on this very space, on this very piano. So this is uh, Prokofiev number two in D minor, second and fourth movement performed by Jiyun Kim and by this amazing piano, Harold.
So that was number two, Prokofiev Sonata. Maybe you can sense the sarcastic humor that Prokofiev was putting in his music there. Could you picture that toy soldiers um, making a dance there? Please share it with me. You can leave voice or written message to the podcast and my website, jiunkim.com, and I will leave the link below. So as I said last episode, this is our last episode for season one. Uh, so I will be back season two, the first Wednesday of January 2021. I will stay connected and post bonus materials at Patreon. So if you uh, would like to be a Patreon family, please do so. You can always do that on patreon.com slash journey through classical piano. You can also choose to stay connected with me um, Sign up for a newsletter every other Friday that I write and my thoughts about that week and some music that I recommend and things like that. And that will be a great way to stay connected. Uh, you can always find me easily on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or, you know, YouTube channel will be also a nice way to be connected. I hope you stay healthy. I want to say thank you for being an amazing friend and listener for the journey that we took together in this uh, podcast season one. It has been a very fun journey and I hope it was for you as well. So I will see you very soon. Thank you for listening.